Interviewing as a technique of gaining information is as old as humankind. Talking to people as a form of scientific inquiry about their experiences is fun, but also a methodological, moral and theoretical challenge. In the past decades, oral history has become a widely used research method in different disciplines. Given that oral history is a technique and a way of constructing histories, this series of podcasts tries to offer an overview of different ways of how to construct the information and how to analyze it in a wider methodological context. This podcast is designed for those who want to use interviewing as a method of collecting empirical material. It consists of eight sections. The first one is discussing oral history developments, basically the historiography. The second one is analyzing the politics of oral history, who are those who are using interviewing for political reasons. The third one is connecting the social and personal level. The fourth one is discussing ethical and legal dimensions. The fifth one is about practicalities, what to do, how to do, what not to do. The next one is discussing questions and questioning. The seventh one is discussing narrativity, as oral history is using narratives and to understand stories. And the last one, the eighth one, is about interpretation, how to analyze oral history, what are the limits and the possibilities. Every podcast is around 20 minutes each. Thanks for listening, and I hope you will find this podcast series useful. Start with this quote uh, from the uh, from the classic um, uh, book by Denton and Lincoln about qualitative interviewing. And here is a definition: what is an interview? And I would like to unpack the whole problem of question and questioning from this particular quote. The interview is a conversation. The art of asking questions and listening. It is not a neutral tool for the interviewer creates the reality of the interview situation. In these situations, answers are given. Thus, interview produces situated understandings grounded in specific interaction episodes. This method is influenced by the personal characteristics of the interviewer, including race, class, ethnicity. So it's a conversation. It means that there are, you know, it should be easy. It should be like having a coffee with your friend. So it, it, it should be a conversation which you don't have the power bombarding your poor interviewee with questions, but you are basically in, you are engaging in a conversation and you are deeply interested in the responses. So you should not go there to the field knowing what the responses will be, but you should be you know, interested in those responses. And it's an art of asking questions. So let me stress the word art. It means that you can master that, you can learn that, but you know you can always feel that you haven't performed properly. Asking questions and listening. So the listening skill. So it's a conversation where you are asking questions and at the same time you are learning how to listen. And the listening process is a part of asking questions, because based on that listening process, you are able to ask the questions. It is not a neutral tool. 
it is not the objective knowledge, right? This is not nothing which is related to objectivity because you, as an interviewer, you are creating the reality of the interview situation. You have chosen the project. You have decided what kind of questions you ask. You have chosen the interviewee. So this is basically your responsibility and your involvement in the project. And uh, uh, you, you receive answers. So you don't receive information. You receive answers. It means that your questions are a part of the whole interview process. Therefore, it produces situated understanding. So you don't have objective information, but you receive situated understanding, which is grounded in specific interaction episodes. So if the interview had a bad day, or you had a bad day, this interview has got a very different context and a very different meaning than in the other way around. So this method influences by the personal characteristics of the interviewer, including race, class, ethnicity, and gender. So uh, if uh, uh, a CEU student is interviewing a very respective senior professor at CEU, obviously there are certain power hierarchies and differences which needs to be taken into consideration when you are asking the questions and also when you are receiving the answers, right? So, and also when um, uh, uh, somebody who is interviewing Roma uh, students and who is non-Roma, right? That also needs to be taken into consideration. So it's a conversation. It, these are questions, and this is, these are about listening. This is about situated understanding, and also about specific interaction episodes, which are influenced by certain personal characteristics. Right. So what the interviewer should never do. Right? So this list is basically sharing with you what an interview is not. So you are not a judge, you are not a psychologist, you are not a police person, you are basically an oral historian who is interested in certain elements of the past and interpretations of the past of that particular uh, individual whom you have chosen to interview. So you should not dictate, decide, or insist. You should remember what happened, right? So you should not be you know, using this kind of uh, power relation to terrorize the interviewee. You should not warn, threaten, or promise, right? Uh, I help you to remember. Maybe you should do this and this. You should not moralize, preach, or evaluate. You behaved carelessly. As an education, educated person, you should have done this or that. You should not advise. You should not you know, give certain advice. You'd better remember what happened then. You should not argue, discuss, or to teach. You should not judge or criticize. Uh, and you also should not uh, compliment, approve, or agree that that was a good idea what you have done, or you are so smart. You should not abuse the right or humiliate the interviewee. Uh, so you should not basically involve in the kind of emotional uh, evaluation situation. You should not assume, diagnose, or interpret, or analyze. Uh, because you are not a psychoanalyst, you are not a psychologist, you are interested in stories, you are interested in recollections, but you are not 
uh, in a position to um, to make all these uh, comments, to call down, to console, to express sympathy. I'm so sorry. Don't cry. Everything will be all right. And this point is especially problematic if you are doing interviews with traumatic uh, people with traumatic experiences. And um, um, here, you know, there are several. Um, concerns, and let me address them. So on the one hand, when you are doing oral history interviews, this is the golden rule. On the other hand, when you are you know, face to face with a person who's, who is sharing with you his or her traumatic memories and starts crying, you cannot behave like a rock, right? Because you are a part of that situation. So then a kind of ethical concern is needed and also a kind of legal, kind of um, uh, evaluation of the situation, saying that you know what we, that you are prompting these emotions, right? You are basically initiating these emotions, so you have to be prepared to handle this. So, uh, in a sense, that you cannot say, you know, kind of maternalistically or paternalistically, you know, like a good father or a good mother, that don't cry, everything will be all right, because you cannot promise that, right? What you can actually promise in this interview situation is um, uh, a kind of reflection on this particular moment when the person is crying. Let me give you a, um, an example from my research. Uh, when I was interviewing those women who were raped by the Red Army soldiers, some of them were crying, uh, but in a, in a, they were crying in a kind of uh, uh, kind of humble, not open way. You just see the tears, you know, rolling down on their face, and that, you know. It's a difficult situation because on the one hand, I blame myself. How come that I actually you know, put these women into this situation that they are crying as a response to my questions? But on the other hand, they were crying because they were remembering of this particular horrible situation which happened like 50 years ago. And they, nobody else before have asked them about this uh, instance. So, uh, but in a sense, I failed because I, I never, how, how would I say that? Uh, I saw these tears going down, rolling down on their face, and I thought, you know, this is horrible what happened to them, but I haven't responded and I haven't, you know, consoled them or whatever because then I felt I somehow diminishing and uh, their experience and I'm too kind of patronizing in a sense. On the other hand, it influences you and it influences your questions. So just think about the uh, definition of this interview which where we started. So this is a conversation when you are a part of this. So you see the interviewee is suffering and crying and of course it has an impact on you and it impacts your questions. And uh, you have to be extremely respectful in that sense without being a kind of um, uh, paternalizing. And uh, that, that is the reason why if you are doing big research projects, there are always psychological help for the um, interviewers. Uh, so you should not interrogate or to specify. You should not divert, diminish, or to make fun. You should not correct, negate, or to reveal. Uh, and that is um, 
the last one is again a, a, a kind of interesting um, uh, kind of ethical issue because you, if you know that the interview is telling something which was basically not happening, what would be your reaction? So in my when I was interviewing those. Um, uh, uh, kind of eyewitnesses who, who knew Julia Roy, whose life story I have written, and I knew that they were basically telling me uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, fake stories. My response was not saying that this is a fake story. This is not, because not, there is not such a thing as fake story. These stories have a function. The interview is telling you this story with a reason. There, this actually reflects on the way how the interviewer is uh, interview is actually reflecting on the past. So therefore, what you can do is ask questions which are actually uh, prompting for another recollection of the same event. Uh, so, what kind of techniques can you use in order to uh, to do this um, uh, uh, extremely difficult process of of questioning? So, the first is. Uh, the active listening. So let me stress this again, that you know, the questions start with listening. So you have to listen to the, uh, to the interviewer, interviewee, and um, uh, you should focus on the life experience and you should deeply get involved in the, in the interviewee's life. It means research, research, research. I, you know, let me emphasize that you really need to do five hours of research before you get to the situation to interview somebody. So you have to be really interested in the life story. You really passionately need to be involved in this project. You should not interrupt the narration. Uh, you have to look, you know, you have to listen carefully and you always have try to find a, you know, an eye contact and not, you know, fiddling with your, you know, iPhone or with your pen or whatever. And uh, this soft eye contact should be a soft eye contact because it can be extremely humiliating if you are watching the interview with, you know, that kind of straight gaze. And uh, encourage the storytelling, like with the kind of non-verbal um, signs, like, Mm -hmm. Mm hmm, really, mm hmm. So, I mean, this is your best, these kind of sounds are your best um, uh, tools to have this interview. And, uh, and asking very neutral questions which are helping the flow of the narration. Like, and then, what happened next? What was afterwards? Which is actually helping to move this chronological narration forward. And, uh, be sensitive to the narrator's condition, sentiments, mood, and wishes. And this sensitivity is very difficult because on the one hand, you want to do this interview, right? This is your project. You want to have this done. Uh, this is an academic project. On the other hand, you are working with individuals, with emotions, with past, with futures, hopefully, and with uh, different um, uh, sentiment. So therefore, you have to always balance your own agenda, and that's why it's a conversation. And therefore, your project might be changing depending on the uh, on the uh, narrator's uh, uh, condition. And uh, answer the narrator's questions uh, only briefly and after the interview. So there might be a moment when the interviewee is asking questions during the interview, and then uh, respond to that question, but say, 
that after the interview, of course, I will be open for questions. And always finish the interview with a question, do you have any questions to me? Right? Because that is, you know, somehow, you know, closing the process and it involves you in the, in the whole, uh, whole process of interviewing. And uh, follow the rules and restrictions. So if an interviewee doesn't want to be mentioned by name or uh, doesn't want to have this uh, uh, transcript or the uh, sound file made available to others, respect that. Right? And make sure that the interviewee knows that he or she can trust you because you know, that's a, a legal process. Uh, there are two concepts I would like to bring in which can actually help you to uh, do this interviewing. Uh, one is the concept of scenic memory. And uh, when you are remembering, that's how memory works, when you are remembering to the past, you are remembering to a certain picture. That's how the human brain works. So you are remembering a picture. And uh, so when you are asking anybody to tell about a certain event, that person will see a picture, right? And then starts describing that particular picture, right? So uh, therefore, your opening question should help this process. Of, uh, of present tense. So, because the, when the person is remembering, that person is remembering as if he or she were at that moment. So you have got this very interesting temporality of the interview situation, that everything is in the past tense, but the interviewee is kind of shifting between the past and present. So you can actually help the interviewee asking present tense questions because then the interviewee can you know, go back to the picture what he or she is actually seeing as a response to your question. So, uh, and these questions should be open-ended questions. And uh, uh, it should also focus on the environment, uh, like the room, space, and the people around. And when you have got these questions, then uh, probably the interviewee is uh, basically narrating the story without any kind of interference. Because then you helped the interviewee to return to the past, in a sense, you know, with this kind of verbal tools. So using the concept of scenic memory and moving and using this kind of not trick, but um, kind of uh, method to uh, to bring the interviewee into this past event through these questions, then you might have the chance to have this kind of uninterrupted um, narration or this narration without assistance, which is your aim, right? To have a kind of longer narrative. Uh, the second concept is the paraphrasing. Uh, because it happens very often then you ask the question and the response is, hmm. And then you don't get any response, right? And then uh, you might want to rephrase your question. But there is another um, uh, problem when uh, uh, the interviewees basically, interviewees stops talking and looks at you, you know, and then what you can do is do is paraphrasing the previous sentence. So you said, or uh, what 
So basically, you have to very carefully and attentively listen every sentence which had been said, because you cannot be sure when the moment comes that you have to rephrase and paraphrase those sentences, because that's the way how you can actually respectfully, based on the sentences of the interviewees, you can actually start and move the interview forward. So uh, this kind of uh, interviewing process uh, was worked on by Gabriela Rosenthal, which is the narrative autobiographical interviews, which I suggest you to use for this particular oral history uh, exercise, when, which consists of several stages. The first stage is the main narration, which starts with an open question, which sets thematic and temporal frame of the story. And that's what you have to actually very carefully consider. What will be your first question? Because that should actually say, you know, where we are now and where do we want to move from here? So this is an interview about 56 migrants, and I'm very much interested in uh, your experience as a child migrant. So basically, the first sentence sends a message that you know why you are actually doing this interview, and the second one is going towards the direction. And uh, this narration uh, goes to the end, and the active listening applies, right? And the second stage is when you have got the inner questions. The inner questions when you are uh, asking those questions which had been already mentioned in the first phase. So then the active listening is important because you should be remembering to every sentence which had been said before. So uh, could you tell me more? That's a very good phase. Uh, uh, about a certain theme a certain person, a certain situation. Uh, you have mentioned X in the interview. Can you tell me more about that person? Uh, you can elicit a narration to clarify an argument. Can you recall a situation when your father behaved in an authoritative way, for example? Or you can also address a non-self-experienced event, phase, or transmitted knowledge. Can you remember a situation when? And here the technique of scenic memory applies. So again, try to phrase those questions according uh, to which I was already mentioning. And then the purpose of this phase is to get as many details as possible. So you have got this first opening question, which is really crucial, and I cannot really you know, emphasize the importance of this first question uh, um, uh, more. And then you have got the phase when you are actually trying to get more details about phases, about themes, about situations, about certain people, about certain narrations, and about certain uh, uh, experiences and knowledges. Right, and this is, for example, an interesting no, uh, question: the uh, when uh, the non-self-experienced event or transmitted knowledge, because that is the moment when you can ask about discrimination. This is the moment when you can ask about, you know, what does it mean to be a member of a discriminated group, and maybe this is the first time 
when the interviewee is actually you know, thinking about this particular instance. But then you should ask the question, describe the situation when you, you were treated differently than the others. But with this question, you are actually suggesting that there is a discrimination. So therefore, this question can only come when you have got this hint in the previous phase. And the third stage is when you are asking those questions which you very carefully prepared before, right? You are asking the external questions, uh, which are um, uh, the, you are asking about arguments, opinions, and explanations, and you are moving from the past to the present. And um, these external questions, these are the questions you prepared in the question guide. So when you are entering to the interview situation, you have got you know, the opening question plus the external questions. And then when you are having the interview, then you have got the second phase when you are asking those questions which are born which were born from the experience of sitting in the interview, and then you are going to the questions which uh, you have been uh, prepared before the interview. And then the final question uh, is basically uh, uh, creating a general good mood, as I put it here, but you know it's difficult if you are uh, doing a, um, uh, interviews on uh, difficult topics. So what you can, this, in the final stage, you are asking the question, do you have questions to me? How can I you know, address your concerns or if you have got any questions to me? So uh, you all this is possible if there is a trust. So this is not the first time you are actually seeing the, uh, the interviewee. Uh, so you have to have these preliminary meetings very possibly, and if you are you know, not uh, interviewing um, high-profile interviewees, because then it's difficult to have several uh, interviews. And it should be a kind of concluding dialogue at the end when you are uh, discussing the future of this uh, whole project. So then when you have this, then you are looking at what can you do with this material. And that will be the next issue uh, than the next podcast. Thank you.